Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. And Sherelle, I can talk about the score of the game. I can talk about how ugly the game was, how brutal the first half was. Uh, but really, I'm going to lead with two words, Theo Pinson. Yeah, I, there's not much <laughs> that hasn't been said already. Uh, just after watching the broadcast, whether you watched it on Raycom or on ESPN, uh, Theo really did everything. And it's kind of funny because you see a game where Luke May really struggled offensively. And essentially, Theo Pinson just replaced Luke May's production. So North Carolina is a unit. Um, while it might have been different, still basically did the same thing that it usually does offensively. I mean, it scored 50 points in the second half um, after not scoring, I guess it was almost the first seven minutes and change. So basically 82 points in about 33 minutes is what Carolina did. Um, and like I said, you just you basically flipped um, the production you would expect from Luke May and it went to Theo Pinson scoring wise. Uh, and then, you know, North Carolina kind of went from there. So impressive performance by Theo. I think uh for him finally fully healthy for you know for the second year in a row um i think for him you know being in a groove having the ball in his hands that's throughout his high school career throughout his aau career that's really when he was able to um put his imprint on games is when he had the ball in his hands and can do a lot of things and you see just a little bit of confidence with the jump shot when he's playing that well and i think that comes from um, that's just how he's used to playing, and it took a while for him to learn how to integrate those skills into North Carolina system. And now, Roy Williams has given him the freedom, um, and uh, I guess the uh, the the chance you would say um, to play point guard essentially and do those things with the ball. So very impressive from Theo. Um, two for two from three, five for six from the uh, free throw line, nine for twelve from the field. Just a, a great all around performance, and frankly, one. North Carolina desperately needed um, after they got off to such a slow start. Yeah, let's talk about the slow start just a little bit. I mean, you know, that Miami was ugly at the beginning as well, but then they sort of hit his, started hitting shots to get out to the lead. But Carolina just looked all out of sync, all out of sorts. I mean, did you ever think you'd really see that from a Roy Williams coach team? Because quite frankly, I can't remember seeing it before. The whole game, man, was just so bizarre um, because Carolina was just – it wasn't that – all. some of them were bad shots. Let's, let's say that. There were a couple that were rushed that uh, maybe they shouldn't have taken. Some of them they just missed, and then it got in their heads, and that's when it started to snowball. The thing was, though, uh, Miami didn't fully take advantage of it because it was only it was only 14 nothing. And if there's anything we've seen from this ACC tournament is that a 14-point lead doesn't mean much at all. Uh, so it was funny to to see how that kind of played out. And then Roy Williams, you know, puts his bench in and every metric available on earth tells you that North Carolina is bad 
not just not just you know struggling but bad when they have more than one or two subs in at the same time and he put five in and what did they do seventh woods had his first point since november uh he had an assist to sterling manley for a dunk and it got north carolina back in the game brandon robinson hit a three uh garrison brooks uh did something play tech hit a free throw so it was just weird because um you know north carolina has been so starter reliant this season that when he does the hockey shift where he brings in five new players you're like well that's not really going to help because they haven't been, you know, the bench hasn't played well, but it came through when it needed to. It got the lead back down to nine and kind of settled things in and the starters took over from there. Luke May struggled to stay, say the least. Uh, there was some chatter on Twitter, maybe on the message boards. I didn't really read those, but just maybe his legs are gone and maybe he's just worn out. What do you think about that? I mean, you know, I, I, t- I tweeted about it and it's not totally fair, but it's, somewhat accurate he was getting in shaman williams rick fox territory there i believe one for 15 the end of night uh theo had to do what he did and of course carolina moves on but luke may struggled mightily yeah and it's been that way really since um i'd say since the second half of the nc state game he hasn't been uh the luke he was for most of the season and i'm not sure what you can attribute that to we we know just from talking to luke and talking to folks around the program his confidence can kind of flip on a dime. So one moment he can be the best player on the court. And the next minute he can miss a layup and be down on himself and it can, you know, kind of spiral. So I think maybe we're seeing that. I think it's more confidence than anything. Granted, um, you know, this, he's played, I think, more minutes than anybody on the team. So there could be an aspect of that. Uh, I think tomorrow will be the ultimate indicator. But I think it's more confidence than anything. Um, he had a few open shots that, you know, he just normally hits. And sometimes it goes like that. Uh, the good thing for Luke is he still was able to contribute with 13 rebounds and he had a couple of assists and he was in there, you know, doing what he could. So, um, like I said, him and Theo basically switched roles as far as scoring for the game. And, you know, if you're North Carolina, you hope that tomorrow night uh, Luke will play a little bit better and Theo will continue to play how he has and that Cam Johnson is OK. Uh, I think that's what North Carolina has to hope moving forward. Yeah. If you told me Carolina wins this game with Barry and May going what is that five for 29 including one for 11 from three-point range i mean i just wouldn't have thought it possible that gives carolina fans or should give carolina fans some sort of hope that they don't live and die by those two players uh, we've already talked about Penson, kenny williams and cam johnson cam johnson took that flying knee to the hip back area um, and looked pretty bad there for a bit He'll find out uh, in the morning how bad that hurts. But your take on those two guys' performance, and then I want to move on to the defensive aspect, which I think was huge. Yeah, and um, one thing I I would say, too, we talked about all year that uh, North Carolina had to have Cameron Johnson and and Kenny Williams to knock down shots to play well to complement Joel Berry and Luke May. And, again, because the offense played so well, things kind of flipped, like – it's been that way for a couple of games where Barry and May have not played great. Um, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would imagine that they're shooting over the last, say, three games, save that second half against Miami for Joel Barry has not been very good. But because Cameron Johnson is contributing in so many ways, not just hitting threes, he's actually not shooting great from three lately, but he's really, really 
you know, immersed himself in the Carolina offense and found ways to produce, whether it's on, on the boards or whether it's dishing out assists. He had five assists tonight. I don't think people realize that. Um, but he's finding ways to help. Kenny Williams is doing the same thing. Um, those breakout layups towards the end of the game are really back backbreakers for other teams. Uh, so uh, the hope is that May and Barry get some confidence back. They They go back to the hotel. They do whatever they need to do, and they play better tomorrow. And then that Cameron Johnson, Kenny Williams can sustain what they're doing. And Theo Pinson, you, you don't expect 25 and 11 from Theo Pinson every night. But if, if he can continue to do, you know, 14 and 8 or something like that, that bodes well for North Carolina moving forward. I mentioned that defensive side. And, you know, when we talked about or after Miami beat Carolina in Chapel Hill, the Hills just did not play defense at all. Didn't play it. And Miami lit them up tonight. Completely different effort level on that end of the floor, uh, you know, Newton had a nice night, but everybody else struggled and took a lot of shots at getting their points. This is the Carolina tournament team that folks are used to seeing come this time of the year. And just think, we, we talked about Kenny Williams. Think about what he's done the last two nights, you know, back-to-back nights. Uh, Lonnie, Lonnie Walker, who is Carolina recruited him, uh, one of the better freshmen in the ACC. He was four for 14 from the field tonight. Nine points. And last night, I can't remember the exact stats, but I think it was four for something for Tyus Battle, who uh, Kenny Williams primarily was on. So he's held two of the better perimeter players in the conference um, to really, really poor shooting nights. And when Kenny Williams is playing like that, um, that helps stops the dribble penetration we've talked about time and time and again. And while there were a couple of open three-pointers, it was not – it was just completely night and day from what it was in Chapel Hill. In Chapel Hill against Miami, I mean, the, the guys were just wide open. There's nobody within two or three steps of them. I think tonight, uh, before the half, there was one Lonnie Walker miss from the corner just before the half. Um, there might have been one or two early that were kind of open. But besides that, they really did a good job of, of extending defense to the three-point line and not giving people open looks. So it's been – an impressive two nights of defense from North Carolina. And it's got to be even better tomorrow night, um, considering who they're playing, considering the advantages that uh, Duke has over them. So it's, it's going to have to be uh, just as good, if not better, tomorrow night if North Carolina wants to advance to the finals. Uh, let's talk about playing Duke now. You know, they look pretty good in the first half. I'm not sure they played that good in the first half against Duke in Cameron. Of course, they beat them in Chapel Hill, but in the second half in Cameron, Duke looked like the best team in the country, and Carolina's just had nothing for them. So, in your opinion, what has to change tomorrow night for Carolina to get, um, you know, back into it or, or, or to be competitive against Duke? Because uh, you have to assume Duke's going to play well. And this is completely um, different from what you would expect for a Carolina team, but. I really think they have to kind of muck it up and just make the game really, really ugly and uncomfortable for Duke. That's one thing that freshmen, even though it's, you know, we're into March, you know, people say they're not freshmen anymore, they're sophomores. But guys who are in their first ACC tournament, their first NCAA tournament, they're just not used to the desperation and the physicality required to win championships, whether it's an ACC championship or a national championship. And, you know, Theo Pinson, Luke May, Joel Berry have, have been there and done that. Kenny Williams didn't play. Uh, seventh was Brandon Robinson played a little bit, but they weren't, you know, major contributors. And so I think North Carolina has used, has to use that to their advantage and just scrap and fight. And that's really the key to win the game because athletically, um, they just it's just a really bad mismatch for UNC this year in particular. 
just because, you know, if Duke had one big, then maybe Carolina could handle it. But when they have two who are really good and three to four that are serviceable, it causes issues with North Carolina's youth on the front line. Um, so they just, they've, they've got to muck it up. They've got to die for every loose ball. They've got to win every 50-50 ball. Um, they've got to get to the free throw line and get either Carter or Bagley in trouble, um, in foul trouble. That's something they've done the first two games, which is a little surprising. I think they've made 40 free throws through in the two games um, in the ACC tournament, which is kind of different from what they were doing before. They weren't drawing many fouls. They weren't getting to the free throw line. So if they're able to do that and score that way, and, uh, you know, get some extra possessions, then, you know, it, it's something that can be done. It's going to be an uphill battle, especially UNC's third game in three days. Uh, Joel Berry's, you know, looks like he's going to be nursing a little bit of a sore ankle going through that again this season. And then Cam Johnson, you're just not sure um, how he's feeling. So they're going to have to dig deep, um, but they're really going to have to out-hustle Duke. And I think that's the key to them, for them to win. I agree with that. Out-hustle out Duke, out-work Duke. That did not happen in Cameron. Uh, Shrell, any surprises thus far in the ACC tournament for you? I mean, I think they said had Miami won, it would have been one of the few times seeds one through four were in the semifinals. But uh, your take watching this tournament, I'll be honest, with it being midweek, I haven't watched much of it other than Carolina play. So it's a little different for me. But your thoughts overall? I think Boston College is the easy answer um, because they played so well um, the first night. I guess that was Tuesday. <laughs> it's such a long tournament now. They played well on Tuesday. Um, they had the upset of NC State on Wednesday. And then, you know, they almost came back and beat Clemson today. So I think they were kind of the surprise. And, and it it goes back to the whole thing about having good guards in March. And it's a cliche, but it's true. Um, and so they they were really fun to watch during the week. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley putting up 33 and 17, you just, you, there's not really many adjectives to use for that. It's pretty amazing for a freshman. Um, so, uh, Notre Dame was a, a fun story for a little bit. You know, you thought maybe they would have a chance to beat Duke and, you know, pull off a miraculous five and five and win the SEC tournament and get an automatic bid, but it didn't quite work out for them. It looked like they ran out of gas in the second half against Duke. So, um, and then Virginia is just, you know, their one game today, they were just pretty workmanlike. You never felt like, at least I didn't, uh, Louisville had a chance in that game. Uh, Virginia's just really good. And I know most people don't believe in Virginia just because of what's happened in the past and how well they played in the regular season and struggled in the tournament. But this, I don't, I don't know why, but this team feels a little bit different. Um, I'm not going to full on say I completely believe, but I believe more than I have in the past in, in UVA. They're, they're a really good team. Yeah, they play solid defense. They're so efficient on offense. It, you know, people say it's ugly basketball. I think, you know, watching it for me, it's a clinic many nights and how to play um, and execute on, on both ends of the court. You know, but I, I'll be honest, probably won't watch that game tomorrow. But we'll oh, be yeah. watching. I'd rather change diapers for an hour than watch that, if, <laughs> if you want me to be completely honest. Like I, let's, I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to be any, any misconceptions. Like I do not enjoy that style of basketball at all. I can't stand it, um, but it's effective. You know, we, we talked about um, in the weekly scoop and we talked about in this podcast, you know, what is greater than how the, the result is better than what causes the result. And for Virginia fans, I think that's kind of how they live for each game. Like um, it's, it's not fun to watch. I, I don't care what anyone says. It's not pure. There's nothing great about it, but the fact that it wins is what UVA wants, and they're the number one team in the country. They're going to be the number one overall seed in the tournament, and a lot of people are going to pick them to win a championship. So I, I, 
I guess it's working out for them, but I have no interest in in watching that when I don't have to. And I don't have to tomorrow night, so I won't. I, I haven't stopped laughing about the diaper comments. Spoken <laughs> smoke, spoken like a new parent. I'm so far <laughs> removed from that. I think uh I think I might actually watch it with the sound off or something rather than change diapers. Uh, I, I'll tune in about nine fifteen. Absolutely. Carolina and Duke, probably nine fifteen, nine thirty if it's been going like it has the last couple of nights. It'll be fun to watch Sherelle. We'll talk again soon. All right. Appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.